A reading from Matthew 27, 27-31. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus to the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand. Then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. I have two thoughts about this. The first one is just tremendous sadness when I think about our Lord being treated this way. I mean, if I really stopped and meditated on this, these insults that he endured, I would probably weep. Um, You know, this is the one we worship. This is the one we revere. This is the one we follow. This is the one we've built our lives around. And look how he's being treated. Um, And I would recommend to anybody listening this amazing, fantastic book by Fleming Rutledge, a living saint who lives right here near Stanwich Church, actually, called The Crucifixion. It's like a 700-page book all about this all about Jesus dying in this way. And uh, it's just an amazing book. And I've had the privilege of actually being with her twice to talk about the book in small group settings. And even she, sometimes when she reads a passage from it, she's like, wow, I wrote that. There's a real anointing on her, I think, um, from the Holy Spirit to write this book. Every page, The Crucifixion by Fleming Rutledge, highly recommend it. Buy it if you don't have it. My second thought, is the, um, you know, just the cruelty of making an argument. And I mean, this is obviously in more than an argument, but making arguments personal, like they mocked him personally. Mm. And this is a really simple sort of relational takeaway, even in marriage or in mm-hmm. workplace, or whatever, whenever you're in a disagreement, it, it, obviously there's, there's going to be disagreements. There's going to be differences in expectation, but be careful when you are in a disagreement with somebody and you make it personal. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're you're saying that because you're blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You've just made it personal then. It's just a little takeaway I've been thinking about. Nancy and I talk about that in our marriage conversations, you know. Have the disagreement, but you don't have to like throw an insult on the person. It just changes <laughs> the whole dynamic. So that's a very simple takeaway. But the yeah. primary takeaway is just the profound tragedy of Jesus, King of Kings, being treated in such a way. Mm. Yeah, there's a passage where I've always struggled with this idea in the Old Testament. Uh, It's a guy that kind of is a picture of what Jesus is like. His name's Elisha. Mm -hmm. And he gets mocked, and his response is a little different. It's in, uh, I think, 2 Kings chapter 2. He gets mocked by these boys in Bethel, and bears come out of the woods yeah, that's right. and kill the boys. And I've always thought to myself, <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> Since when does this kind of stuff happen? And I was actually reading the passage yesterday. And um, there's an interesting verse in First Kings. It says, and it shall come to pass that he who escapes the sword of Haziel shall Jehu slay. And him that escapes the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Right. So this is talking about God's judgment. But what's really interesting in the story in 2 Kings 2 is that the surprise is not the judgment of the bears. The surprise is what happens before the judgment. And that's that Elisha shows up in Jericho, this cursed city, and he cleanses the water. So he saves all these people that are not following God. He's delaying God's judgment. 
And then these boys show up, they would have known that he's just cleansed this cursed city and they mock him. Personal insult. A personal insult. Yeah. Yeah. And what I find interesting about the story is, you know, the boys get what they ask for, mm. right? If you mock God's mercy, you can wait and you'll get his judgment. And in a way, Jesus is like Elisha because when he comes back again, he'll come as judge. Hmm. Yeah. Delayed judgment. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I talked before this, David, you weren't here about uh, the Bible being re- relegated to supplementary reading in our, our culture. Uh, but, you know, is it really supplementary or have we made it so because we don't want to abide in the truths that would might, um, you know, make us feel out of sorts in some way, shape or form. And, and I, I think that, you know, what I've enjoyed so much in these podcasts is it gives us a chance to try to elucidate uh, for the reason that we think this is the primary, the primary text, the essential text in our culture. And when you disregard it and you live apart from it, mm-hmm. uh, I would just say, you know, apart from everything else, it's a dangerous place to be. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I can say that is I lived in that dangerous place. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not warning anybody of, if you don't read the Bible, I think it's essential reading. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, I'm not ordained. Um, but the word of God became central to me as a human being. It filled my heart, my mind, my, my soul, my, my activities, business and personal. It changed the whole direction of my life over time, not in one day. And I think that that has happened to so many people. Uh, and it's very encouraging when that does happen or, or when a church feels that the, the, the Bible is the most essential thing they can do uh, during the day is be in it. Mm-hmm. 